This is the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast, the only podcast devoted to making soul music relevant again. Let's get started with your host, Todd Woodson. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. My special guest today is a talented, talented, talented artist, originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but now based in Los Angeles, Mr. Johnny Britt. Mr. Britt, how you doing today, sir? And Todd, thanks so much for having me, man, and congratulations on your show. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on today. Mm. Um, we've been trying to get you on for uh, at least a week or two weeks now, and how everything <laughs> Things got crossed up, but yeah, we're here I've, now, so we're I've in the moment. Locked, I've been locked in the studio, just finishing up this new album, so um, this is perfect timing because we just delivered everything. Okay, we're going to talk about your new album in a little bit, and you also have another song that's out that's more of an inspirational um, song, you know, yeah. dedicated to what we're going through now with the, all the civil unrest and the protests and also what's going on with COVID-19 and Corona, but we're going to get into that too. Um, but be, as always, before we get started, um, tell us a little bit about Johnny Brett. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, um, it's going to be crazy because I'm actually writing an autobiography, a book. Ah, hold on, we <laughs> so, might have to break some news here. You got an autobiography yeah, it, coming out. It, it'll, it'll, it'll probably be out later this year. You know, a book is a, a life story of a book. It's, uh, I just spoke with my pub, um, my uh, writer, publisher, I think the book is like 100,000 words, <laughs> you know, so it's like a whole life story. But in a nutshell, you know, and I'm really um, blessed and privileged to have uh, Otis Williams, the founder of The Temptations, he's forwarding the book for me. And uh, I would just say, kind of starting there, you know, Otis Williams gave me my break into Hollywood, you know, he discovered me. Um, and I became the youngest ever musical director of the Temptations. And you no, know, Johnny Britt is just, uh, you know, I'm a singer, trumpet player. I do both. And uh, so I'm a cross between R&B and jazz. Um, from Cleveland, Ohio, studied in uh, Paris, France, at the Conservatoire de Versailles, where I studied classical trumpet and uh, theory and all that stuff, uh, done a whole lot, lot of work uh, with just a lot of people, been really, really blessed. Uh, continued my education in Chicago, where you know, I broke into the studio scene doing jingles, and that made that run and met my lovely wife, um, Arlene. We've been married 34 years, August 16th, and uh, you know, came out to LA and just started ripping it up, you know, with record deal, Motown, Mojazz records with my group and Clown too. And then, uh, you know, hitting all these different movies that I've been singing on, you know, Lion King, Forrest Gump. Uh, I just recently did Hidden Figures. I was a solo trumpet player in the movie Hidden Figures. Had a really big feature in La La Land um, as well with Hans Zimmer. So it's been cool, man. It's been like, you know, I'm really living the dream. And I think that like in this book, uh, this book is gonna really show a young African-American aspiring and really going for his dream for a life, lifetime. And uh, that was something that my publicist really was discussing about, you know, the vibe of the book. And it's really about determination, you know, someone determined to reach their goal and that. And having a lot of no's, but not accepting no's and just, breaking through um, everything to be where I am today. Okay. Um, we're we're going to talk a little bit about that, but let me, let me, let's back up a little bit. You're, you're from Cleveland. Yeah. Um, did you come from a family of musicians or? You know, um, I, I, I was actually born in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and my mom took my sister and I to Cleveland. It was before I was one years old. And um, 
you know, I have several sisters. I grew up with four sisters in the house. And the bottom line is, you know, there was music in the house. It wasn't jazz music. You know, it was, you know, we were, we were church. We went to my uncle's church, the house of God in Cleveland. And, you know, we'd be singing, you know, singing. And I got all that in me, you know, all that spirit. And um, so that's what, that's what the music was in our home. Then, of course, the radio. You know, I'm listening to the Temptations, Lil' Anthony Imperials, and, you know, the Jackson 5 back in the day, you know. And, you know, uh, being in bands and talent shows and stuff. So, but I didn't have, like, a professional musician in my home. You know, my mom did play the organ, um, but it wasn't like, um, you know, some of these artists, they have professional moms and dads. <laughs> like, for example, my son is, uh, he just graduated from college in music. He's got a professional dad as a, as a you know, mentor of music around the house. So I didn't have that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so did you always know that you wanted to be in music since you grew up in a house full of music? Um, um, to answer that question, Todd, I would say yes, and I, I would say that it, it just happened like organic. Like for example, like nowadays, you know, like I said, my son he's just graduate, uh, he's graduate of Berklee um, College of Music, and I took him to the Coburn School on him and, and his, his sister, you know, starting piano, and it was kind of like, okay, you got to practice. You got to practice. You see the Asian kids over there, you got to practice. So I never had anyone in my grill saying, Johnny, you got to practice your trumpet. You got to do this. No, I, I never, never, ever had anything like that. It, And I'm saying all that to just say, you know, it was organic. It was just organic. I had fun just like any other kid, you know, playing football, basketball, baseball, you know, running in the neighborhood. Uh, but, you know, I knew I could sing at a very early age. You know, I, I knew I could sing. I remember when I used to kind of ride bikes, I used to just make up songs, you know, riding bikes. Or, you know, I remember one thing I used to like to do is when I'm reading, I would sing the lyrics. So it was just really just a natural thing to me. And um, I was the lead singer in my uncle's church at age four. So I always could like carry a tune. And, and when I saw Michael Jackson and these cats, you know, you trying to be like them, you know. So it was always in me, you know, it was always in me. But even just like the trumpet, now I play trumpet and I started trumpet in sixth grade. And the only reason I started playing trumpet was because Miss White um, was a music teacher at the school. And, you know, it's like, okay, I think the music, it was just uh, the, the department was brand new. Okay, we, we're going to start a music department. And they passed around some pictures of instruments and said, like, what do you want to play? You know, to all the kids. And I, you know, I didn't even, wasn't even expect this. And man, I looked at like the trombone on the picture and it had this slide. I said, well, that's too difficult. And then I think I probably looked at the clarinet. They had all these buttons and stuff to play, you know. And I, I didn't gravitate towards that. And then I saw a trumpet. It had like three valves. And I said to myself, Todd, I said, that can't be that difficult to play. So that's, this is what I want. I want this right here, trumpet. And come to find out that the trumpet is actually the most difficult of all those instruments to play. I mean, any instrument, you know, these, these, you know, takes discipline and difficulty, but, you know, the trumpet, they say for sure that it's definitely the most difficult um, instrument to play. And once I started it, again on my own, uh, just you know, in school, you know, I did. I certainly gravitated to it, you know, and it was cool. The little girls liked it and stuff, you know. So, <laughs> so it never left me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love playing the trumpet. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, when did you um, when did you make the move to uh, Los Angeles? I made the move to Los Angeles in 1989. Um, and that was part of the temptation story. Um, my wife and I, we'd gotten it. We were married in 86, so that was about three years. And um, I was playing in a top 40 band. I was playing keyboards and singing. That's how I actually met my wife. It was in Indiana and she was fine. Boy, she walked in that, she walked in that club. Man, I was singing. 
You Are My Lady by Freddie Jackson. Boy, <laughs> I started singing that thing like, you know, I said, woo, long story short, I fell in love with her. And, you know, and we jumped the room. But not long after I married her, you know, the same band, we had a, we had a, a gig at this place called the Holiday Star Theater in Merrillville, Indiana. And this is where like all the stars came to play. Well, we were playing in a little club, you know, you know, where people came to dance and stuff. And when I um, went to the gig that particular day, man, I saw the Temptations on the marquee. I said, man, the Temptations are here. And so, man, we did our first little set. And on the first break, man, I ran to the other side of the resort. And I, uh, uh, I knew, you know, I, I knew the theater and stuff. So I knew where the backstage door was. And I knocked on the back of the stage door. And uh, this big security guard, you know, opened the door and I said, now I'd like to see Otis Williams of the Temptations, man, he like slammed the door in my face. <laughs> and so I peeped into the theater where the theater was and, no, and it, the concert just let out, nobody was in there, child. And I just jumped on that stage and I walked backstage and the very first person I ran into was Otis Williams of the Daggone Temptations. <laughs> And I just said, hey, Mr. Williams, my name is Johnny, but I have some songs I think you'd be interested in because I've always been a writer. And man, he kind of looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> he said, come to my hotel uh, tomorrow night at seven. Next night I was there and played him the songs and you know, he just loved it. The rest was history. Listen, production work for them. And then he asked me in our relationship, he says, man, later on he saw my resume and saw the study and I found he says, man, can you be a musical director? I said, yeah, I can be a musical director. And he told me, um, you know, if you can write us an overture, this is your gig. I said, okay, cool. So I wrote an overture. And when I got the gig with The Temptations, that really allowed me to move to Los Angeles without struggling. And not only that, we wanted to, my wife and I wanted to move to Los Angeles. And the Temptations wanted me to move to Los Angeles so I could be closer, you know. So that's how I got to Los Angeles. It was just that 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 gig with the Temps, and we had aspired to come out here, you know, anyway. But you know, how can you just, you know, you just can't come right. across country, you know, like that. So that really afforded me the luxury of coming to Los Angeles, really first class, you know, and, and as a musical director, the Temptations and people were working for me, you know, and we, um, we've been here ever since. Okay. Let me yeah. back up just a little bit. Now you yeah. said that, um, uh, Mr. Williams said, if you can write an overture, explain what an overture is. Overture is a, like a fanfare. It's the, it's the beginning of a show before the stars come out. And the purpose of it is really like to excite the crowd instead of the, instead of the, 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 you know, the temptations in this case, just coming out, you know, you want to hype them up. You know, you want to like give them something like, oh my goodness, here they come, you know. So my job was um, to write that piece of music and it was a collection of, uh, it was a medley I put together of famous temptation songs, segues, excitement, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, when I did that, you know, they knew, you know, they hired me like right on the spot. And, but that's what got me the gig. If, if the overture wasn't happening, I'd have never gotten the gig. <laughs> but it was happening. And they actually, uh, they did it for a long, long time. I think they just stopped doing it. And wow. we're talking, you know, over several years. So, yeah, yeah thank God for that overture, dog. <laughs> <laughs> And so that led the way to you working with other artists. I read your bio and yeah. you worked with, man, it's just some of the greatest <laughs> artists of all time. I mean, Luther Vandross yeah. and Maxwell and Sting and Jennifer yeah. Lopez and the Temptations and the yeah. list goes on and on. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's sometimes better to be lucky than good, right? You were just in the right place at the right time and you happened to. I really was. I really was. It was funny because I was telling my, my daughter um, this story, you know, because, you know, she's like 20 years old, but she, all my whole past, every little detail, but I'm trying to like let her know we're at dinner. And I was telling her the stuff and she's like, daddy, you were just at the right place at the right time. And it was really true. It was really true. Like, yeah. right. And I, just, I was letting her know 
how God, how the Lord has really guided my life. And um, I mean, and it's happened on multiple occasions, not just one. Um, but me in the right spot at the right time, you know, to do the right thing, you know. And I would really, and this is all in the book, but I would say to young aspiring um, artists, musicians, is that you really have to, I'd say, have really thick skin. I'd say, don't, you have to believe in yourself. That's the bottom line. You really have to believe in yourself because you're going to get a lot of no's. You know, you have to believe in yourself and um, you have to have faith and you have to, you have to work hard. Okay. Um, so it seems sort of like a, like a fairy tale, so to speak. Um, and I'm sure you've had your share of struggles too. It doesn't, yeah. you know, the world wasn't always paved in gold, but, um, but yeah, great uh, advice to give to up and coming artists that sometime, yeah, you know, things may not always go your way. Yeah, I you know, keep plugging at it. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I think a common thing I kind of hear with maybe some of my students or just young cats is that I'm gonna give it like two years. I'm gonna give this two years, and if I'm not a star, I'm like, you might as well do something else right now. Don't even waste those two years. <laughs> so you know, you know, a lot of young people they don't really, really know. You know, um, we don't really, really know. But um, but you could do it. You know, you certainly can do it. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's great advice. Like I said, now let's talk about uh, "Hold On." Mm. Um, it's a great song. Tell us mm. the. Um, Tell us the inspiration uh, behind that song. Well, you know, hold on. I was in the middle of writing my brand new album, Mo Jazzin, and this was during quarantine. You know, all my tours got canceled, obviously. And I was in the studio really cranking out this new album. And uh, I went on, and of course I've been you know, reading, looking at the TV every day, man. Dying everywhere, and it's just like couldn't believe it. So one morning, you know, I I, I went on a jog with my dog, and, and when I came back, right before I hit the front door, this song hit me. It just hit. Me. Um, music is 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 music is kind of hard to explain. Uh, uh, but I, the spirit just hit me with this song. And when I got it, when I heard it, you know, uh, right away I, I recorded it into my phone. You know, the whole idea, hold on, hold on, the whole thing. And I just put it away and then, you know, waited for a few more days. And then I went to the piano, you know, to just, you know, see, this is what I'm hearing, you know. And then, man, the rush, then, and then, you know, when, when inspiration hits you, I think it hits you and I think it leaves. So you have to grab that inspiration while, while it's there. You know, I, I kind of, you know, it's like a song, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of cook it and then you deliver it, you know, so you know, I, I I wrote this song and produced this song with the choir in a week. And the inspiration behind the song was the world and everything that we're, you know, going through with the with corona and the protests and the whole thing. And it was this thing, what can I tell people to do? And it's just hold on, hold on. You know, that's what we have to do, hold on. So, um, I'm really happy about that song because that song will be will be here. It will be here, and it's it's a song of uh, I call it a song. It's my song of hope. It's a song of hope, and, and uh, people need that. You know, music is very very powerful, and I think that you know music can give people strength, and that's what this song is intended to do. Okay, fair enough, and. Um... We're going to pause right now and we're going to play Hold On. 
This is Johnny Britt with Hold On on the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast. Enjoy. Continue our episode after this message. Swag at shop.bringbacksoulmusic.com. Now, back to our conversation. All right, Johnny, we're back. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Great song, man. I, I love it. Um, and uh, I think it's, a, it's definitely a message song. And so I think people will enjoy it. Now, it's, that's already out. Um, how have people received it? You know, it's been, it's been really, really powerful. You know, it's on YouTube. We have a complete video, and people absolutely love it. Um, we've had one show since, you know, COVID and the whole thing, and I performed hold on at the coach house in Laguna Beach and when you when you hear that song live you know it's just really 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 powerful it's really really powerful so um, people you know it gets really emotional yeah and I, yeah. And I can see why because you know it's 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 tough out there for people right now, you know, Absolutely. and the uncertainty, I think, is the biggest part, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, message songs, particularly ones that are um, heartfelt or I think are needed right now. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to 
I don't want to make this a you know, Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the new single that you have out with one of my favorite artists, Mr. Norman Brown. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that. The name of the song is called Mo Jazzin. And uh, that song, that the track, um, actually, I really wrote that track for Boney James. Mm. I've written several hit songs for Boney James. Several have like three. Really I knew I liked them for a reason, man. It was, you had <laughs> the reason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and I wrote the song Contact. It's a huge song. A song that I wrote, I also wrote Grand Central. Uh, and a song called The Total Experience featuring George Duke, along with several other songs. I've been on just about every Boney James record as a writer. And so... Um, I wrote the song, you know, for Boney. I did. Um, he was, at, I think, he was at the end of his project, and I said, "Oh, I'm gonna write it to him." Because actually, I opened up for him last year in the backstage, and he was winding down his project. And I said, "Okay, I'm gonna write a track for you." Wrote it, and um, I said, Todd, when I wrote this track, I knew it was hot. <laughs> I knew it was hot, <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to do this track." You know, I really want to do it, you know. Uh, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt, you know, that everything really worked out, you know, for me to record the track. And um, after I did it, and I called Norman Brown, who is a uh, um, former la label mate of mine at Motown Mojaz Records. We both started our careers off there. Um, Steve McKeever, uh, signed the two of us to Mojazz. Mojazz was the, the uh, jazz division of Motown Records. I had my group uh, impromptu. And Norman Brown was Norman Brown. So we've toured together, we've recorded together. And this was like a reunion, you know, and I called him. He said, absolutely, Johnny. You know, he loved, you know, my work and the whole thing. And after we, you know, after the conversation, after that conversation, I said, I'm going to call this song Mo Jazz. And I think it's, you know, because it's a perfect, like, uh, title for us reuniting in the whole vibe. So that's that's the vibe on how Mo Jazz came about. And it's, you know, we were number one uh, most increased plays on Billboard, you know, second week out. Um, it's a hit song. It's a hit song. You know, we're all over, all over the country already. I'm getting calls from all over the country. Serious XM Radio. And um, just everyone is playing this record. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I heard it um, actually right before we started the show. Right. And uh, I thought, wow, this is... I was thinking I was thinking more of something along the lines of Hold On, because I'm not... I wasn't real familiar <laughs> with your music. And I'm like, this is a 180-degree yeah. turn from Hold oh, On. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, actually, the whole album is going to be 180 degrees for you as well. Um, you know, I'm really, really proud of this album. You know, I just, um, just thinking and, you know, like, I'm not a woman, but delivering a 14-song album, it's got to be like delivering a baby. <laughs> you know, like nine months of labor. You know, and I wrote, produced, edited, mixed, um, you know, singing, playing trumpet, you know, piano, just the whole thing on this record. It's a whole, whole lot. And to have completed it, have everything done like this week is a real, real, real blessing. And to have it done the way that you really want it to be done from top to bottom is extremely difficult. Um, you know, because y'all, y'all just listen and say, hey, ho, but it, it, it's, it's a lot that goes into making making a masterpiece and, and I really do feel that that's what I've created with uh, Mo Jazzin. I'm extremely happy to have uh, Norman Brown you know, on this particular hit song. Um, at the end of this month, which is July, we will be releasing a song with Eric Roberson. Um, him and I, you know, singing a direct, you know, hit song, you know, song that um, I wrote and, uh, you know, he wrote, you know, he, he, uh, came up with some really cool stuff but uh we have eric roberson on the record then uh my good friend marion metals we're gonna come back with the Marion metals single that's gonna be the next jazz single the eric roberson joint that's gonna be like the first r&b single so what we're doing we're really 
doing a, a unique thing where we're going to be cross marketing this record. So the first single is more jazz, right? And that's in the jazz lane. Then we're going to be dropping them, keep, you know, so I, I, I'm not supposed to be leaking it, but the Air Groverson song that's coming out, you know, in, in, the, in the R&B, you know, soul lane. And we'll come back with Marion Meadows joint you know, on the second single. And it, it's really, really fantastic. We have Paul Jackson Jr. on the record. And so the record is it's a mix of, of R&B and jazz. So if you're not, you know, familiar with me, um, I've always been, I've always played the trumpet that was going to put me in a jazz category. And I've always been a singer, an R&B singer. And so it, it's, it's kind of put me in the R&B soul category. So I really do uh, a mixture of all of these different styles. And then when you throw in Hold On, and then I have a song called um, There Is Nobody that is just a massive, massive anthem. And I'm doing some spoken word on the on the record, a uh, little bit of just a touch of rap, you know, writing a little rap on, on, on one, you know. But it's all really, really wonderful, and I really hope that you and all of your listeners will check out Mo Jazz and um, it's coming hard. It's coming hard. Yeah. <laughs> do you, I'm sorry. Do you have a Do you have the date locked down on when it's going to be? Yeah, ready? it will be released August. 16th okay so roughly about a month from now yeah okay we'll look forward to that thank you um, so much yeah okay so um a couple of questions here um who did you um admire or listen to as a as a youngster growing up who were some of the artists that influenced you well several but like um i did an album called marvin meets miles and if you you and your listeners can please uh, just Google Johnny Britt, Marvin Meets Miles. Um, Marvin Gaye was a very big influence in my in my approach to vocals. And Miles Davis, the legendary trumpet player, was a great influence in my approach to playing the trumpet. So I just kind of want, I'll just kind of stop right there because I did this project called Marvin Meets Miles. And I just the record executive in London this week because I'll be doing a two-hour um, special show over there. And when I told him about the Mojazz, I told him that I felt this was my best work ever. And he said, it's going to be hard to beat that Marvin Meets Miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. So, so you know, uh, that's what he said. Uh, but I'm very, very proud of Marvin Meets Miles album. You know, um, a lot of people don't know about it because we are independent, you know. So you have to kind of like really search for stuff and find out about stuff, you know, a little bit after it's really been released, you know. So please check out Marvin Meets Miles, you know. Johnny Britt, Marvin Meets Miles. But yeah, a Marvin Gaye, Miles Davis. And because I am like an R&B singer and a jazz trumpet player, uh, uh, my influences and styles, they're going to go to lane. So say like the trumpet, you know, I'm going to say some stuff that some cats that you've never really, really heard of because they're, they're like hardcore jazz music. You know, like I'm just saying, you know, Woody Shaw, uh, Clifford Brown, uh, you know, of course, Wenton Marcellus is a really good friend of mine, Roy Hargrove. These are like young cats, but my, uh, great teacher was um, the legendary Richard Williams but these are this is like if you're not in the jazz you're not gonna really you know they're not really like main drink you know but you know but I you know I like Earth Wind and Fire you know uh, Cool in the Gang was cool back then you know uh, you know singing um, you know uh, Sam Cooke you know crazy about Sam Cooke I love Matt Maxwell I was on tour with Maxwell Autumn Women Screaming for him Max is cool but yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a you know an R&B jazz dude, okay. <laughs> a jazz head, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned earlier that your son just graduated from uh, music school or college. Yeah, um, Berkeley College. Excuse me. Yeah, Berkeley College. Um, is he 
does he help you um or has he collaborated with you on on this album or any other yes yeah I'm, i'm glad that you asked that question he's playing um he he's a multi multi-instrumentalist but he's playing um piano and he has a feature on a song called is it cool and when you hear this song if you are a boney james fan and prompt fan that was a song that i placed on boney james um and so uh, it was called deep time you know I, i had originally had it is it cool but when you know he wanted to do the track and do his thing on it you know he renamed it to deep time which was cool and a lot of people know know it but it was originally is it cool with my song that i originally wrote i actually wrote that when i was on tour as well and on boney's song deep time george duke is playing piano on it so it's really really smoking so i'm really really blessed to have my my son josh he's playing acoustic piano on it you know and he's like really because he really killed it i gave him a feature on it we recorded it at Paramount Studios in Hollywood um all live um you know uh, so yeah so Josh is on that um is it cool playing piano he's on there's nobody the anthem song i told you about playing piano he's playing trumpet on there's nobody and he's also playing uh he's playing bass on um can't stop Um then while we're talking about my kids my daughter Mariah she's singing in the choir on whole you know that's my daughter a singing soprano and she's also singing on there's nobody the anthem song and then the anthem song the there's nobody I actually wrote that with my wife Arlene that song is really a family affair because everyone in my household You know, my wife wrote it with me, my son playing piano and trumpet, my daughter's singing on it. So what more can you ask for as right. a dad? So yeah, we do we do collaborate and it's funny because I just finished um the album and so my son is he'll be writing all the charts for me for the band, you know, for it to be played live. So yeah. That's my that's my boy and I'm really really proud of him. Okay. Is he a singer too or just a musician? Yeah, he can sing. Yeah, they they've all done a lot of movies and records when they were little growing up. And but he is a singer. Um, okay. And uh, it's cool. All right. He's a, he's actually he's actually a film scoring composition major. So he'll be going into motion pictures. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Wow, you have an interesting story, Mr. Brett. I uh love talking to you. Um Anything else you want to cover that we perhaps we discussed the release date? Oh, about the book. Um oh. <laughs> Yeah, the book. Now, um why a book and why now? You know, it's really funny. Um it 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 uh it was not planned. And everything kind of everything in my life has happened to me by surprise. You know, surprise like I hadn't planned on becoming a musical director of Temptations. You know, I never planned on doing a lot of, you know, I never planned on being the music producer, the music producer of the Temptations film miniseries with Leon. I didn't plan on becoming the co-music producer of Richard's story. I didn't plan on any of this stuff. Um, but getting back to the book, and I'm just saying this because this it's not nothing is has been planned in my life it's just been i can say divine so this is last either august or september something like that i think i got an email from a book publisher there of the clear blue sky and she says i think you have a very interesting story maybe she's been online and reading you know about me and she's um I would like to write a book on you you know would you be interested and i didn't know if this was you know cuz you get a lot of prank calls and you know emails <laughs> and something said give her a call give her a call the white lady 
And she said exactly what I just said. And she said, I think you have a very interesting life. I think people will be very interested in reading a book on you. And it was unbelievable because I never thought of writing a book, you know. And she was really serious. She said, now I have a publisher. I'll write the book. The only thing you have to do is tell me your story. And I said, what, what, what do I have to lose? I said, okay. Right. And so, you know, I, I toured, you know, quite a bit. So, you know, whenever I commit to do something, you know, I try to do, do it with excellence. So I didn't know how, she was out of town. She was actually in Las Vegas. And I didn't, you know, normally I guess if you're gonna write a book, you need to be sitting across from somebody, telling them about, you know, your life. Well, we didn't have that luxury because I was traveling and she was there. Da, da, da. So it just dawned on me. I would, I would be on the airplanes. I, and it was funny because, and it was actually good therapy for me because I went back as far as I could remember. And I told her everything that I could really remember or was told before I could remember about my life. And man, it was very interesting. I just did it, wrote it, you know, I, you know, I did it, I guess it on planes and, and, and hotels and we got it done. I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not all the way there yet, but we are certainly a lot more than a halfway done, maybe three quarters, you know, there's editing and stuff to do, but, and she's been amazing. She came to Los Angeles to meet with me probably before we got started. And I saw that she was really serious. I, I looked up her uh, credentials. You know, she's written other books. She's, you know, at school. And, and you know, bottom line, it was, it was legit. I felt it was legit. And so that's how the book has come about. And I must admit, um, I didn't know that the timing would be so perfect because we have the moment album, which, you know, took a whole lot of work. And I just, I'm just delivering it now and now we are you know we're still you know training the book and hopefully the book will be out by the end of the year but you know the album will still be rolling to parlay off that so it it just happened and, and who knows what's going to happen with this book you know it is but it is a um anybody that, that's into johnny Britt, and i'm not michael jackson you know <laughs> you know so everybody knows who michael jackson is but you know my fans and people that would love my story, even my children and my wife, because I lived a lot of life before I got married and certainly before kids. It's all there. Okay. Was uh, anybody in the family, like your wife, for example, a little apprehensive about um, telling your story and putting it in a book? No. My wife has really been a blessing to me. She's very mature. She's always had my back and my best interest at hand. And she's always trusted me. So she, uh, no, there's no resistance. I mean, there was nothing. There was everything to gain and nothing to lose. I hear you. Yeah. Okay, well, we look for that. Hopefully by the end of the year, you say. Yeah, Johnny. Um, I, it might be the, too uh, early. I have, there, I, I, I have, say it again. Uh, it might be too early, but is there... Um, is there a title for the book? Yeah, I, I was just getting ready to say that we do have a title, but I, I'm just I just can't reveal. Okay, got it. Yet. Fair enough. Can't blame me for trying, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's the autobiography of Johnny Britt, and um, it is definitely on the way. Okay, so you got to hold on. That's out. Mo Jazz and the single is out. You can, uh, yeah. by the way, check those out both on um, on YouTube. Yeah, they're Apple, they're um, on Apple Music, Spotify, they're everywhere. But also, I do want to tell your fans that, that uh, I am giving away free downloads of both of those songs. One thing you have to do is go to johnnybrick.com and go to shop or, or whatever it says and just click the link there and you'll see the song uh, either Hold On or um, uh, Mo Jazz and, and feel free to click on it. And like I said, we're giving it away. Um, it's, it is free. Um, 
um, so you have that option, but of course you can you know buy it anywhere, you know, you buy it everywhere online. But I would like to also mention that we have uh, the third single coming out, which is called Keep Working It Out. And that's with uh, featuring Eric Groberson. So please be on the lookout for that. Um, that will be coming out July 30th. So we will have Hold On, uh, Mojazz, and, and Keep Working It Out. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Mr. yeah, you got a, you know, you got a busy 2020, a busy few months ahead of you. <laughs> yes, All right. Um, anything else, Mr. Britt, before we let you go today, man? This has been a great you know, interview. You know, you've been excellent. I have to say, um, my publicist told me that you're cool and you're more than cool. And I really wish you all the best with the show. Um, you're a good brother. And um, man, I would love to come back anytime. Any, you're welcome back anytime, my friend. Yeah, and I just want to let everybody know that you know you can reach me at johnnybritt.com. You know, Facebook slash Johnny Britt. I'm sure you're going to have all this on the screen, but Twitter again, yeah. So I'm not hard to reach. Okay. All the music. All right, Mr. Britt. Good luck with everything, man. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show with the album, the singles, the book. Wow. Yeah. Uh, where do you find the time, man? You know, that's going to be the next, that's going to be the next book. <laughs> Telling people, how do you manage two kids, a wife, a dog, a house, a this, a that. How do you do that? That's my next project. Right. All right, Mr. Britt. Appreciate you, man. Taking the time today. My brother. Johnny Britt on the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast, and we'll be right back. Calling all lovers of soul music. The time to make soul music relevant again is now. You've been listening to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast with Todd Woodson. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell a friend. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our newsletter at bringbacksoulmusic.com. Well, that's our show for today. I'd like to thank my special guest, Mr. Johnny Britt. You can find out more about Johnny on his website at johnnybritt.com. Don't forget, you can listen to the Bring Back Soul Music Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Bring Back Soul Music TV. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at comments at bringbacksoulmusic.com. Closing out today's show is Johnny Britt and his new release called Mo Jazzin'. I'm Todd Woodson. Thank you for joining us. See you next week.